Where's Bruce Wayne? Mr. Wayne is not at home, sir. Too bad. I'll get my revenge later. Right now, I'll settle for cash. Where's the safe? My duties do not include aiding and abetting thievery. Oh, uh, no? I see. <laughs> this way, sir. Please be calm, madam. One oh. peep out of you now. Blow your head off. Where's the safe? Uh, over there. My, you poor little thing. Behind the picture, sir. There's no safe there. Ah! Ah! Albert, be careful. The doctor's a large criminal. I know, madam, but a very poor fence, sir. You anglo think I'll smash you to smidgens. May I point out that smidgens is a childish confusion should have no place even in so poor a vocabulary as yours. back to the liquid flannel podcast we got dicked over because ken klippenstein doesn't know how to uh do a podcast so instead we're gonna do this emergency entry liquid flannel and joining me tonight i have (laughs) jacob from south dakota and i have andrew from los angeles which uh we we actually uh, like adopted most of Southern California into the Great Plains recently. Okay. So, uh, how, how do you feel feel about that, Andrew? Uh, it feels good. I'm very happy to be an honorary real American. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, exactly. I recently lost my status as a real American because my new car doesn't have crank windows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. And uh, I mean, just today, people were going like. Uh, like, why can't we go back to, uh, like, steam-powered automobiles? I, I was like, okay. I've been saying it, this. Like, that, that's, that's going to be the, uh, 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 like, energy, you know, the, the, the carbon-neutral sort of, um, like, doing public transportation. is like, <laughs> you know, like steam-powered. Steam, steam uses steam coal. Just, it's just water. No, it, it uses it coal. Uses you burn coal to right. make the steam. No, that's, that's it, the that's the main part. I mean, you could do wood, but you have to burn something to heat the water to make the steam. Dude, and they used you know coal what? the entire time. Dude, steam is water. It's not coal. It's fine. Yeah, Don't but you have it. to heat the water. <laughs> the water doesn't just oh whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, and then you did have you did have a couple of people going like, you know, I'm I'm in favor of this in the Isaac Asimov way. Um, like what we could do was just put like a tiny little like nuclear powered right um yeah you know, thing under everybody's hood yeah uh, and then it would be steam powered yeah i've seen versions with like uh hydrogen powered that seems cool i'm in sure favor of that the the crux of the uh of the argument though is that it must be public transportation this is an anti-cars podcast now <laughs> I think I think that's actually true that we are an anti an anti cars podcast, but also we're not super in favor of just you know like whatever Koch brothers scheme there is to uh, make sure that every bus across the entire Midwest is you know powered by by petrochemicals. 
So I thought yeah, I- I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, more, uh, like forward looking, uh, sort of solutions to these problems. I thought I was a lot more anti-car than I was because my old car was on the verge of falling apart and it gave me anxiety every time I drove it. Well, I, yeah, I, that's a it's an interesting thing. So, one of the one of the threads that I saw on Twitter lately was uh talking about uh the problem with uh like the current state of public living, right? And somebody responded with literally every problem that you can point to with the state of how people live right now is actually a problem with the automobile. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I live in LA, man. You don't have to tell me twice. Right. Yeah. So, so, so you, you live in LA and, um, I, I've, I've never visited there. I only know it from the, um, like the Steve Martin movie. Which one? Right, but it it seems like a lot of the problem with LA really does come down to like public transport, right? That there's they they have not ever invested in making it so that there are trains that go places. Uh, hey, I don't know. Can you do subways in a uh like Ring of Fire? Um, like earthquake zone. I don't know. Maybe that's not a not the oh, greatest need- idea. But they don't even have like they they don't have elevated trains like they have in uh, Chicago, say, or like Boston or whatever. Yeah, it's not extensive. There are some trains, uh, both uh, both elevated and subways. Um, they don't. There's actually a uh, metro stop right next to my apartment, but there is not one next to my workplace. So yeah. that's that's unfortunate. Um, so you're going to Uber back from wherever they drop you off yeah. regardless, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's there's some non-zero amount of public transportation in LA and, you know, there's a extensive bus system that, you know, it is possible to use and lots of people do use it every day but you know that's not what the city is designed around the city is designed around single occupancy cars just whirring around all over the place and it's uh, right you know it's it's unfortunate you you hate to see it yeah i mean it makes for a really fun uh video game when you play like la noir and you've got to like you're you're just tooling around in like some old Packard cars or whatever. <laughs> yep, you know, yeah, I always think that that would be cool, but then like I get on the road and I'm stuck behind an old car that is from like before they instituted all the smog policies. <laughs> yeah, so a that Packard you smell car. all the exhaust <laughs> and it's like, God damn, that's fucking terrible. And then you, I watch like a Humphrey Bogart movie and I'm like. God damn, they just smelled like that all the time. That had to suck. Right. I feel so yeah. bad for those people from the past. Well, Jacob, I mean, you live in South Dakota, right? It's, so like uh, it's the worst I live state in, I, for I live in Arlington, Texas. I'm sorry, what? It's the worst state for public transportation. Okay. Objectively. <laughs> I was gonna say I live in Arlington, Texas, which was uh up until just the past couple of years ago. The city that had the record for most number of people with absolutely zero public transportation. Um, and then they finally, like, 
they got a bus going. It's like you can pick up a bus if you're going to go to a fucking Cowboys game or something like that. Like we don't really have anything uh, approaching the idea of a of a public transportation. But you live in South Dakota, which I imagine it's got to be even worse than that, right? Because like they're not even trucking people to fucking Cowboys Stadium. Right. There's like uh there's there's like a bus line in Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls is the city in South Dakota. If you don't know anything about South Dakota, there's about 180,000 people, I think, in South in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which makes it the largest city by far in a state of about 800,000 people. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a third of the population. <laughs> it's it's a lot of people. Uh, there's about a one maybe there's one bus line and you can get some cabs but everybody has a car everybody has to drive and everything's so far apart that you have to drive there to get there yeah yeah and 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 in the meantime you know living in south dakota i mean i i imagine that uh the the people who live there their living is probably i don't know i would say like two to five split between agriculture and uh like extractive industry like fossil fuel industry yeah sure uh there's a lot of farmers then in sioux falls there's a lot of surface workers <laughs> and that's it yeah that's what you have yeah uh and oh and a whole lot of credit lenders a whole lot of uh, people in the loan <laughs> oh, yeah, industry <laughs> <that's right. laughs> because yeah. we have such lax standards you're, uh yeah, you're there's Delaware so many too, places right? here yeah we're we're this we're uh, uh your uh, Delaware junior, too, Delaware Junior, yeah, yeah, the smaller and, Delaware, yeah, and you've got the Medicare headquarters out there, I think too, right? right? I, I, yeah, yeah. So uh, there you go. You've that's what got, we have. Yeah, you've got rent sinking, and you've got actual government services that are useful to people, and you got right. Mount Rushmore. Those are the yeah. Three no, it, it ends up feeling a lot like a like a Jack London like novella. Right. Yeah. Like you've got a bunch of people who are out there uh, like working their asses off and they're paying some bosses who are, I don't know, like hanging out in the big cities. Um, They're at this point, probably what they're doing is uh, like whining and dining the like state senators or the actual, you know, United States senators for this thing Uh, Um, where everybody else is out there. You know, you're either barely making it as a as a farmer or you're barely making it as somebody who works on one of these uh, like fracking rigs and addicted to fucking oxycodone or something because the the job that you do just completely destroys your body. Either that or you live in abject poverty on one of our reservations. Uh, right, and they're building a pipeline through through your through your backyard. That's what it's like. That's what it is. Actually, recently, fairly recently, within the past year, our new governor uh, was disallowed from uh, setting foot on uh, the largest reservation in the state because of her support for the pipeline. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a, it's a massive problem, and I I don't know. Uh, Jacob, so you are, you're pretty online. You're at least as online as I am. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, uh, like talking about these issues ends up being 
as effective, less effective, um, like way less effective than when people talk about, I don't know, for instance, uh, like a hurricane that's about to hit like North Carolina or something. Uh, uh, talking about like South Dakota issues, do you mean or what? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, nobody pays attention to South Dakota ever. We're not a relevant state on the national level uh, yeah. hardly ever the only thing that's come up recently is the pipeline obviously and uh there's been a failure not a failure on the part of activists but mainly the fact that nobody cares about the activists and what's trying to be accomplished nothing's going to change with that it's going to be finished it's going to be completed and it's going to screw a lot of people over right that's about as much as south dakota ever comes up in a national political conversation Andrew, what do you think about that? The the idea that um, like these middle like the the flyover states um, tend to get completely ignored in because I because I know that you are uh, a dedicated leftist and you care about you know the the working the working class say you know um, how, what's the perspective from somebody who lives in California? Looking at these situations, like, in the middle of the country where, like, honest to God, like, probably, like, 40% of the working class live. Um, and, like, how California people interact with that or or don't. Man, I'm the wrong person to ask about this stuff. <laughs> got him. Got him, motherfuckers. Yeah. I got him. Well, I don't know. It's because, like, I've I'm seriously the wrong person to ask i've lived in southern california my entire life but i mean i i mean you you are clued into what's going on with the working class there in southern california right um do you have a sense of how much i don't know say solidarity um like the working class in southern california has with people who live in South Dakota, people who live in, like, North Texas or uh, Appalachia or anything like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, certainly there's, you know, recognition of that. Like, you know, everyone you talk to, like, at the very least, you know, has some family that lives in an area like that. Like, uh, my mom's family is all from Clarksville, Arkansas, little yeah little podunk town where um i think my great aunt owned a funeral home and on that basis she was like the matriarch of the entire town like she was the big player there so you know i i feel like most people have some sort of story like that you know like some sort of family either somewhere else in the country or in you know another country latin america mostly sure yeah well and then uh i, I guess jacob my, my question would be uh i mean you're again very online and you're talking about leftism and like worker worker class solidarity and do you have a sense of uh, how i don't know like the big the big voices in this sort of organizing um, are talking about South Dakota or not talking about South Dakota? Well, they're not, really, and I don't know if they should be. That's not to say, like, it's not that many people, and it's it's 
It's not as okay. That sounds rude. Uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline is the most important sure uh, issue. Uh, well, for we've, the we've done a we've done a bunch of that, that on, on Liquid Flannel too, talking about the Dakota Access Pipeline because it is going to go majorly through Nebraska, right? Which is like where that's that's like where the heart of the show sits is in the middle of Nebraska, um, and and it's. Terrible right. because like even Nebraska politics don't ever really talk about that thing or or they talk about it in terms of like, oh, look, like some celebrity came up and like threw a firebomb at a police car. Um, <laughs> Which celebrity was that? Oh, I don't know. I any literally anybody who could be painted as being a celebrity who comes out and does a thing that's like notable related to the Dakota access pipeline. Oh yeah. Ends up making the local news for like three weeks right. after that. I think you're getting a little heavy for us, man. <laughs> I thought we were just going to talk shit on Ken Klippenstein for an hour. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shit. No, no, we, we should, we should absolutely do that. In fact, uh, yeah, if we're getting too heavy, let's, uh, let's take a little break there. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll give you a, a bit of a break, listeners, and then we'll come back, and then we're just going to talk shit about Ken Klippenstein. The great places of South Dakota Where they live in life the way it ought to be From the pride of the plains to our black hills The spirit of freedom is here still Okay. And here we are. Yeah. Um, here we are. It's, uh, I, I know that you guys don't feel like bad about this, but we can make fun of Ken Klopenstein for <laughs> not knowing that he was supposed to record a while podcast. we did a podcast. Yeah. Ken, buddy, come on. Ken, I thought at, you were. At, at, least for a, at least for a backup, you know, you would think that he could. Hit the record button on his. Isn't uh, the, the the thing that's most hilarious to me was I'm not sure what he thought we were talking about when at the end of every segment we're going like okay Ken stop that save it as Ken part two <laughs> and then tonight he's like oh what? was I supposed to be recording like no yeah I I it's not. Nah, he's like, oh, that's that's okay. The rules don't apply to me. I'm Ken Klippenstein. I've got <laughs> I've got six figure followers. I don't I've have got to a do check this. mark. Yeah, this, that's for the plebs. Follow me back, yeah. Ken. Please. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I will say that I don't want to uh, not rag too hard on Ken because I forget if he followed me first or if he followed me back very quickly after I followed him. But uh, we are we are Mufos, so I'll respect him for that always. He's good. I mean, he's he's a good guy, and he does tend to, to follow back appropriately. Really? Uh, <laughs> Jacob, he's not, he's not following you back? He owes him a Am follow after this. I was telling him. I, yeah. Did I not? Oh, wait. Sorry, who didn't? Never mind. <laughs> I, mis- I misunderstood what you said. I think oh you're saying God. that I didn't follow you, and I was pretty sure that I did. Amateurs. Amateurs! I am a literal right. amateur. Well, 
I mean, frankly, I, I'm not sure how interested I am in... Okay, so liquid flannel tends to be uh, like, we're like a uh, current events sort of podcast most of the year. But then once it gets into October, it's like it's all spooky material, right? Ooh. And earlier and earlier, I'm feeling like what we need to be doing is like the, the spooky, like pop culture kind of commentary you know so i i don't know i as a as a question to you two when do you think it's most appropriate to uh get your like halloween uh twitter display name october 1st october october 1st yeah that's also my birthday but uh no shit yeah uh, not before then. It's September. It's fall. There's a different. There's an entirely different theme, an entirely different aesthetic, yeah. and you miss out on that if you go yeah. straight to the spooky yeah, you stuff. Know, if you do it earlier, you're just you're no better than Target, and you know you, you are better than Target. You're a poster. Absolutely. Well, Jacob, what 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 would you say that that aesthetic is? That's I don't know. Uh, but if you start with the spooky stuff too early, you'll flame out by like October fifteenth yeah. at the latest, and that's not fun. <laughs> and then it's it's Halloween, and you're completely you're completely out of fuel. You're all spooked no, out. No, what do you what do you two think about the idea that there's a difference between um, like harvest season that may include the like death and uh, like spooky season um, versus Everything just gets swept in under like Spooktober. You know, Spooktober runs from late August through Halloween or something like that. Spook Spooktober. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, uh, <laughs> like any any of the any of the stuff that had to do with uh, like I don't know pumpkin kings and fucking skeletons and whatever that like usually we we treat as being only October. Um, what do you think about people who want to sweep all of the harvest season in under that thing? Like, is there is there some value in separating out uh, like a harvest season versus like a death season? Okay, uh, here's how you do this. So um, my mom used to have some Halloween decorations. They were like sculptures of jack-o'-lanterns, right? And what you do... Is, Wait, how do you make a sculpture of a de- jack-o'-lantern? You Don't know, you just little, make a jack-o'-lantern? You know, little no, you know, little tchotchke things that you like okay. put on your your dresser or whatever. Yeah, but uh, little, so little clay jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, exactly, something like that. So you can put it out at the beginning of fall, and you have it around backwards so that it just looks like a normal pumpkin. Oh. October first, you flip that bad boy around, show off the jack-o'-lantern. And then November 1st, flip that sucker right back around. And that's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah. And then you get the, the grinning skull face on the, the front of your pumpkin or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fully yeah what, do you think, what do you think, Jacob? I mean, you're you're out, uh, like, east. You're, you're like, northern, northern way. Yeah. Um, are, they, are they still carving fucking turnips into jack-o'-lanterns up there no it's pumpkins everything's not everything's standardized across the nation we have the internet yeah yeah there's no there's no regional differences now 
everyone's got the Coca-Cola Santa Claus and everyone's got the Jack Lanterns at this point. Right. Yeah, I've I've thought I've thought for a long time that what we really need to do, I think as a like a leftist project, is to bring back the original meaning of what trick or treating was, right? Because like in the 1920s, 30s or so, um people would come and trick or treat and it was literally give us food or we're going to slash your tires. We're going to set your fucking house on fire. That's so much cooler. <laughs> oh yeah. That's sick. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. I, I would love to see that come back a little bit that, you know, if, if we can't get like a, a universal strike going or even like a universal strike for, the student loans going or something like that at least on mischief night we ought to be able to we're just gonna go and fucking like throw some molotovs at like mitch mcconnell's house uh in, in a video game satire parody uh, <laughs> non-actionable uh yeah, no that's in in a parody uh someone someone who isn't me could possibly throw a molotov cocktail at mitch mcconnell's house you know yeah that's good. Uh, what do you think Mitch McConnell gives out at uh, at Halloween? Uh, I don't and know. He probably just has a fenced-off house in a gated community, and nobody comes no, to no, his house. No, no, but what does he give to the trick-or-treaters? He has a bowl out with, like, uh, I don't know, some shitty old man candy. Uh, nah. with, uh, like a sh- Like a sugar daddy or something. You know, no. those, like, <laughs> those, like, caramel stick things? That's what yeah. it is. It's yeah. something that nobody has eaten in, like, uh, 40 years. Right. Well, nobody has will voluntarily so, so like licorice flavored jelly beans or something like no, that. No, 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 no. Here's, here's what it is. So he's got a forward facing operation that's based out of his, you know, political office, whatever. And they do actual okay. candy and shit. You know, they let the, they get round up all the kids, let them pass right, through the what, office what and get they, normal candy. What do they give out, Andrew? But, but I mean, what do you think they're giving out? Okay, so for the kids, for the you know the public facing thing, they give them you know normal candy, Twizzlers, uh, chocolate, whatever the hell. But then secretly, they've got their own little rich person parties, and they just give each other the good rich person drugs that they have access to, and we don't. Right, the drugs we don't know about. Yeah, uh, yeah, little yeah at their party little, where you have packets to... full of adrenochrome for yeah, but you... that's that's like that's doing trick or drinking, right? Like they're not giving that to the kids. The kids are still getting their. I don't know what do you guys think is the best uh, like Halloween candy? I would say anything that has to do with uh, chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean Reese's are objectively the best candy, and yeah. like this isn't in question. Yeah, a little. So, uh, little fun size Reese's, little fun size or the uh, uh, the Reese's pieces because you know they got sure. the they got the shell on so they won't melt or anything. So that's pretty right. ideal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and what's objectively the worst is like the gummy candies that are like this is a gummy eyeball and it tastes like nothing, oh, but it's yeah. a gimmick because it looks like a body part, so that makes it okay. Uh, it's trash. Get it out of here. I don't know. Do you that's... think those are the worst? Eh? I would I would argue that. Um, like basic sour candy is actually worse than that. Okay. Because it's not even themed, right? Like it's just you're gonna eat like three sweet tarts that came in like a tiny paper sleeve. <laughs> oh yeah. Like that's that it's 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 in no way satisfying. Yeah, that's garbage. Um 
let's see, I'm trying to think. There's no peeps at Halloween, which is a good thing. That's a major right. plus in Halloween's favor, as opposed <laughs> to all the other holidays, it seems. Uh, what are You other? know, and it's funny because uh, peeps are a great candy no. uh, to Wrong. give for any holiday. Get them out of here. Um, because you can do... Because you can do Peeps jousting, Wait, which I think a lot of people don't know about. I Andrew, do not know about it. Andrew, right. which part of the – one second. Which part of the Peeps do you hate, the sugar or the marshmallow? Because that's all it is. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I love sugar in certain contexts. I love gummy bears, but I don't know. Just the, the Peeps are bad. Just the way that they – arrange the marshmallows and the sugar i don't know something about the way that they do it it's it's bad candy get out of here they're not great give me some chocolate they're very dry anyways the the reason the reason peeps are great is because you can stick two of them on a plate with uh little uh like toothpick swords and then pop them in the microwave and then you microwave them and they blow up like balloons, and then one of them will lean over and pop the <laughs> other one, and okay. that is that's that's Peeps jousting. You know, you don't you don't eat them; they're just really fun. Yeah, you just mess up your mom's microwave, and she gets really mad. Oh, at sure. You. <laughs> oh, like any of our moms haven't been mad at us about messing up her microwave before. Yeah. I, I had never heard about that. That's a really interesting idea. I'll have to try it out on someone else's microwave. It's, yeah, it's it's more it's actually more of a a Halloweeny sort of trick than it is a an Easter one. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we do need a Halloween peep. Hmm. Much to think, I think about. I think I've seen some orange ones before. But... Yeah, they'll they'll do the ones that are like shaped like. Oh, they'll just they'll just do. Wait, are do they do that, or is it just bullshit like their normal peeps, and they just color it orange for Halloween? Because now that you say that, I think I have seen this. I've, I've seen some pumpkin ones, but I have not seen uh, like orange peeps before. Bottom tier candy, in any case, I think we can all agree. Well, look, it's the only candy that'll perfectly dry your mouth out uh, after you eat it. <laughs> terrible get it out of here we don't want it no 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 why i i mean and how much do you guys go in for the the celebration of death that is halloween i i don't go into it at all it's far too spooky for me i okay. just i just immediately start watching the hallmark christmas movies on october 1st i i don't need to have that kind of negativity in my life you know i'm a positive thinker did you ever watch uh did you ever watch the one about the 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 gal who goes to close down the like old bed and breakfast and runs into the bootlegger ghost uh that's my my favorite of all of the hallmark movies there's a ghost one there's a yeah. ghost. Yeah. Oh okay. no, no. Oh, like, tons of them have to do with ghosts, but this is this is my favorite one. It's like my favorite Christmas movie. Um, lawyer gal from the big city goes up to Vermont, and d- like she's there to like close down this bed and breakfast, but there's a there's a ghost who lives there, and like the caretaker is like, you're gonna run into this guy, 
because he's here for 12 days of Christmas. You know, and of course they end up fucking falling in love <laughs> with the ghost. Oh, it's, it's fucking great. Yeah. Oh man, that rules. I've, oh, man, I've never, cool. I've never seen one of the Hallmark Christmas movies from start to finish. I've probably seen an entire movie out of several of them. If you understand what I'm saying, because uh, <laughs> they're all basically the same. Yeah. And so you can construct the plot of one just from the others. I mean, right. I I thought that before uh, Matt just described that for us, but after that, man, I mean, that's some like Uncle Boomy shit. Just there's a ghost, and oh yeah, no, there's there's just a ghost. It it just shows up sometimes, and you just have to hang out with it. That's <laughs> that's some like that's getting into like magical realism. That's cool. That I'm They're really dipping into, into that. the into the classics. They're taking the ghost and Mrs. <laughs> Muir and turning it into a Hallmark movie. It's great. <laughs> I mean, who knows well, what they'll I'll, do next? Uh, completely off this topic, I'm looking at uh, Twitter, and in in the DM that we're all part of, um, I'm being encouraged to make sure that we talk about um, Ken Klippenstein being horny on Maine. Uh, oh, I saw that. You know, I I saw that, and I, you know, now what? does somebody want to, does somebody want to describe it before we react to it? Uh, it was a video of uh, uh, a girl eating raw meat, right? Right. And and then he uh, quote tweeted it with, you know, I just can only think about how cute this girl is. Yeah. Or, it was it was an interesting reaction. I'll say that. You know what? <laughs> I'm proud of him for feeling uh, feeling op- uh, uh, good with himself to express himself in public. It's really it's really a growth moment. I think for all of us. Do Do you think? I mean. It's been really hard for me to tell whether or not he was doing that ironically or not. There is no ironic. There is no unironic. Everything is collapsed. She's not bad looking. No, I'm I'm just saying that there is no difference at this point functionally between irony and and a lack of irony. Everything's collapsed into this like void of 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 Twitter. it's it's both ironic and not ironic at the same time. It's like the Joker movie. The Joker movie should be a joke, right? Like it shouldn't exist. It it shouldn't be a serious, unironic attempt at uh, I don't know Oscars, but it exists. And so <laughs> does Ken Klippenstein being horny on Maine. Um, <laughs> you know, I pulled up the tweet again to look at it to give myself a refresher, and you know, I'm watching this video now, and I it's. It's kind of hypnotic, you know. I I don't blame them, you know. Good for you, Ken. Saying what we're all too afraid to say. What I'm <laughs> too afraid to say, at the very least. You know, he says he's, he's uh, he says what's true. He that's, speaks the truth. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's it's why he uh, it's why he's castigated by the the right wing, right? He's he's too honest for. Uh, like irony Twitter this, at this point. Yeah, this is the important work that he joined the Young Twerk. I almost said the Young Twerks. Well, that would have been <laughs> embarrassing. <It's>... The, the, <laughs> the Young Twerks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's oh, a fuck, delight. Has anybody made that joke on Twitter? I think I'll do that. Yeah, actually, I, I'm sure a million people had. So <laughs> this is so here. You you guys want to know the secret to when you come up with an idiotic pun like that, and you want to get some Twitter fun out of it. So you come up with your idiotic pun. You search Twitter for it. 
And yep. if a bunch of people have already tweeted that phrase, you just go through and start retweeting all of them. And then it's, <laughs> LOL, look at all these dumbasses. They thought that this was a funny thing to post. Right. But if they don't, <laughs> then you post it and you get those <laughs> likes. It's a win I did that win. recently. Yeah. I did that recently with uh, Joker Sarnaev. Uh, based oh, off you know, the, the guy Joker, jo- <laughs> I thought yeah. of it, and I assumed that some people had done it. Nobody did it as a joke. It was all like, like either people misspelling it, auto getting it getting auto corrected, or they're like angrily posting Joker Sarnayev as an insult. <laughs> I got to imagine that was a lot of people's display names back in like 2013 or whenever that 100%. happened. One hundred percent. You know yep. what? Uh, you know what I did that for recently was you know the you know the president right? Yeah. Um, his name is Donald Trump, but uh, I like I like to call him the Doddard in Kafifi. Oh, oh, you got him! <laughs> Just one man's opinion here, and I went to. I knew I had seen that phrase before, so I searched it and I went in to you know do all the retweets to own the nerds, and there weren't quite as many as I thought there would be. It's a surprisingly rare phrase to find online, and I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, no, nobody ever uses my uh, Donald Trump nickname either. I, I hear you, buddy. It's what's yours? It's really sad, actually. What's yours? Well, no. Uh, let's uh, let's take a little break. I'll I'll introduce the uh, high note portion with my <laughs> with my Donald All Trump right. nickname. I expect to hear right it. There. Yes, Commissioner. <laughs> Mr. Freeze wants what? Hello? I'll see if I can get him, Chief O'Hara. A moment, Commissioner. Uh, Chief O'Hara, this is Bruce Wayne. Mr. Freeze wants what? Commissioner Gordon is on the other phone with Batman, Mr. Wayne. Uh, perhaps if we put the two phones together, uh, you could talk to him yourself. All right, Chief. I don't have much time. Batman? Yes, Mr. Wayne. Have you heard Mr. Freeze's scurrilous demands? Just briefly. If Robin and I act as go-betweens, are you prepared to make the telecast at midnight and pay the ransom, Mr. Wayne? I have no choice, Batman. Then may I suggest you tape the broadcast from the commissioner's office an hour earlier, and we will have a dummy package of money. A dummy package of money? That sounds risky. Risk is our business, Mr. Wayne. Of course, Batman, I have the same faith in you that all of Gotham City has. I hope Robin and I are deserving of that faith. I'll make the necessary arrangements and meet you at the commissioner's office at 11. Fine. Did you get all that, Commissioner? Indeed I did, Batman. We'll set up the tape telecast and have the dummy package of money waiting. See you at 11 tonight. Two yeah, so fellas, uh, I, I did not give you the heads up on this, but um, every Liquid Flannel episode ends with us taking it out on a high note. So, you know, quick. Think of something uh, positive. Okay, uh, you first. Tell me your name for Trump. No, no, no. You guys are the guests, so uh, by all means, please, please go first. Uh, it is looking less and less unlikely that uh, Jeremy Corbyn, a self-described avowed socialist, could possibly be 
a world leader. It's not certain, but it's more and more likely each day. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's a big step. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> that's that's your uh, your big like positive step is that Jeremy Corbyn is going to get fucking rat fucked. Yeah, it's going to be so cool. No, I don't know. I have nothing else positive. <laughs> everything else is shit right now. Terrible. Look, that's that's the one thing I have to look forward to, okay? It's terrible. That's a terrible fucking high note. Yeah, well, you know what? Things aren't great. Uh, the Joker movie's going to be out within a month. That's what's cool. Yeah, right. that's that's really weird, right? Um, that, like, uh, I, mean, I think we talked about this on a, a previous episode that um, everybody is talking about the Joker movie, but... It's not out yet. It's so fucking funny. This is the greatest thing that has ever happened. Like, this is already the greatest joke that the Joker could possibly produce. Yeah, just... let's riff on uh, let's riff on an existing movie, but we'll just slather a layer of white grease paint over it, and that makes it exactly. Yeah, no. That's an incredibly funny well, I joke. Know. I don't know, guys. I I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Um, it seems like, I don't know, did either of you read the, like, the fucking killing joke, the, the Alan Moore, like, Joker, oh, yeah. uh, comic Yeah, strip? it sucks. It's the worst thing Alan Moore's ever written. He's right that it's bad and it doesn't hold up. It's not good. Huh. Uh, <laughs> that's my honest opinion I mean, on the killing do you think, joke. Do you think that's going to be the case for the movie? Because most no. people are, are, it seems like most of the reviews of it are like, Yes, this person is reprehensible, but the story that they tell about how somebody becomes reprehensible um, is is totally solid. I do not have any faith in Todd Phillips as a filmmaker. Uh, I have never had any faith in Todd Phillips as a filmmaker. And that's, I think, the key issue with Joker as it as it, I mean, I might like it. I'm fully prepared to go into the theater, yeah. watch it and be like, I enjoyed that. But, you know, Todd Phillips's best movie is The Hangover. Like, that's what we're working with here. Yeah. That's what he made. Did you see War Dogs? That was his other no. uh, his quote unquote dramatic movie was like, I'm going to do the Wolf <laughs> no, of Wall Street, not. but about Afghanistan. That's what we have here. Everything else that he has is like comedies, like old school The Hangover movies and Due Date. Well, and here's a here's a question for both of you, right? That it seems pretty clear from the uh, from like the pre reviews of this movie that it is a story about effectively the like incel forums off of Reddit. I yeah. I wouldn't put any stock in that whatsoever, man. I, okay, okay. I really would uh, not. Let, let me let me fin- let it's me analogous. finish my question. It's, let me finish my question. It's because analogous, I believe... but it's also like exactly the kind of thing that I you know, think, lib okay, movie reviewers. I think a lot say. of the I think a lot of the uh, heretofore critical commentary has to do with it being effectively that that it's you know that this is like. It's uh, like incel apologia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little bit more faith in the filmmaker and also with Walking uh, Phoenix that it's not going to end up being that. And to add like a, a sousson of like flavor to this, uh, Joker is going to come out on the same day that the movie Cuck comes out oh they're the same day 
The same day. Oh, that is so unfortunate for Cuck. I feel, <laughs> I feel so oh, bad Cuck's for gonna, Cuck. It's going to be the sleeper hit. It's going to be the, the – yeah. nah, it's man. counter-programming. Nah, it's counter-programming, man. but exactly what counter-programming, which is not uh, is not supposed to be, which is that it's the exact same thing. Cuck is going to remember... get cucked, I'm afraid. Okay, this is a really uh, quick sidetrack, but my favorite instance of like attempted counter-programming was in that when they were like, all right, we're going to release the Alvin and the Chipmunks sequel on the same day as the Star Wars movie. And that way all the, <laughs> all the kids will go see the kids movie instead of Star Wars, which somehow isn't a kids movie. Oh it didn't work God. out very well. That's so cool. <laughs> that rules, man. Yeah. All no, right. but I think, uh, I, I think it's a, a legit question, at least before these two movies come out. Do you think that, I mean, are, are the, are the, like, I don't know, fucking use the, use the terrible terminology of people that we disagree with. Are the SJWs right on this one? That, like, this is just going to encourage more people, it, both Joker and Cuck, are they going to encourage more people to be, like, right-wing, uh, like, lone wolf shooters, or... Are we seeing a thing in Hollywood where they're uh, they're going to tell some like sympathetic stories where you aren't actually supposed to sympathize with the character? All right, my I my honest take on this is that I I mean obviously we don't know this because we haven't seen the fucking movie yet. Most of the people talking about this haven't seen the fucking movie yet, but I have every confidence that after the movie comes out and we get to see it, that by any objective standard, Star Wars The Last Jedi would be more approving of vigilante violence than Joker. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Please please unpack that a little bit. The theme of the Star Wars The Last Jedi is that suicide bombings are good except for when they're not like, (laughs) like there's two, there's two valiant suicide bombings in that movie. And only at the very end do they wimp out and say, no, they're bad now. Don't you see? So like by any objective standard, I have no doubt that Joker is not going to come out worse on that score. And to be clear, this is just some funny shit to talk about. Not even fucking Zack Snyder would make a movie where the Joker is the good guy, right? I mean... Uh, Zack Snyder would make absolutely anything that he felt like on the day. Okay, but Let's not he's underestimate not... his potential. Simply here. because he misunderstands what the fuck, uh, like, Watchmen is about doesn't mean that he actually thinks that he could make a movie about how, like, no, the Joker is actually a good guy. Right. He wouldn't... Good... Even he would not do that. Uh-huh. I mean... Man of Steel was pretty fash, man. <laughs> pretty aggressive. Oh, my well, favorite yeah, thing. And so was and so was his interpretation of Watchmen because and, yeah. you know, Alan Moore assumes something of his readers and going like, you know, like, oh man, Rorschach is fucking cool as hell. Like he's the good guy of the story. Okay. That's different from taking a person who has been an absolute uh I'm like genocidal fucking maniac for 80 years at this point and trying to make a movie about like, actually the Joker was the good guy in this one. I think it's even he wouldn't do that. I'm kind of getting tired of being asked to like, this sounds, this sounds like uh, this sounds stupid now that I'm saying out loud, but I'm being getting tired of being asked to take 
comic books seriously in this context. <laughs> yep. Like they're they're, yep. they're children's books. They're great. Like they're uh-huh. great for children and old yep. comic books. But they were they were they were bubblegum advertisement uh, filler pages, is what they were, and and they were for kids. Can we make a thing for kids out of the Joker, please? Have you read old Joker stuff? He's just like he's a bank robber who like paints somebody's face white. He when steals he robs the bank. dozens of pies, and that's awful. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does, and it's it, it, I, I miss that. I miss that we we can't do that anymore. We're stuck in we're stuck in Joker is Osama bin Laden like post I could, that, I could which not, is what <laughs> Nolan did. I could not fucking disagree more. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I I genuinely couldn't. I mean, there are kids movies right now where you've got you know like villains who may or may not be redeemed by the end of it. You know, I've got, I've got right. a niece. We, we watch a ton of fucking kids movies. So like I've seen the fucking trolls movie probably a thousand times at this point. I've seen Moana about a thousand times at this point. And in both of those, it's like, Oh, it's like more or less a misunderstanding. You right. know, like these people aren't actually evil. Nobody who actually understands the Joker as a character would ever paint him as being like, oh, he's just a misunderstood good guy, you know? Like, if we could just, if we could just get to the root of, you know, he's not the fucking Grinch, man. Like, he's a, he's a mass murderer, you know? Yeah. I remember picking up a book when I was in fucking, it must have been like fourth grade or something, and reading it, and it's like, Batman has, uh, he's shown up to a crime scene where the Joker just fed a bunch of innocents into a fucking paper press, you know? Wow. Just, like, a hundred people. He just, like, flattened them out, so it's just, like, blood and guts all over the place, and Batman's like, you know what? This guy is actually bad. You yeah, know? I've never been a fan of that kind of Joker. My Joker's... My preferred Joker has always been just like Caesar Romero, like he's a he's a bank robber who plays pranks. It's yeah. it's it's fun. It's silly. It's dumb. I don't know. I'm not against this. I uh, once again, I'll I'll see it I'll probably opening week, and and I'll 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 uh, let all my uh, prejudices against uh, J- a Joker slide away. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go against the uh, liquid flannel. Um... Uh, you know what, what what we normally do and just say like let's all just end the show on uh who do we think was the best or what what was the best batman portrayal adam west yeah absolutely adam west yeah it it's yeah legit it, that's the do should i should i expand on that or should i just say the thing uh, you you absolutely should expand on that okay yes. adam west is wholesome He's uh, funny. He's a he's a fantastic straight man comedic performance. One of the best straight men. Oh, comedy. he's unbelievably but good. There's that like that outtake of him where he just like keeps going and going on right. this thing um, where he's he's holding together a scene that like, you know, you watch like a fucking like office outtake or something. It's like yeah. they would have given up on this like five minutes ago. Right. 
There's this wonderful scene in Batman, the television series, where uh, Commissioner Gordon is talking on the phone to both Bruce Wayne and Batman, and he decides, oh, I need you to talk to each other, so I'm going to hold the headsets together, the, the handsets for the telephones together, and then Batman, right. Bruce Wayne is talking into the two different phones as his Batman voice and as his Bruce Wayne <laughs> right. voice. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's a very funny show. I, I don't think that Batman should be serious, and I know that's a lost battle. Batman is stuck in the same place that he's been in since 1986. Uh, and it's fine. It's fine. It exists. You know, Jacob, and uh, what I was going to say was, I mean, honest to God, one of my favorite Batman movies is uh, the George Clooney uh, Batman oh my and Robin. God. Okay. Um, the one, Spicy taste. Yeah, are, the one, the one I, that's got, right. uh, it's it's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, sh- yes. as Mr. Freeze. And Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I and can I can appreciate those, but they're really badly written and they're not funny. Uh, that's the main issue with they're them. They're exactly as well written. They're not. As well they're not witty. As, they're not as fucking as as the 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 Adam West Batman. I strongly disagree. There is no wit or intelligence in the script of Batman and Robin. There is some, um, and not every TV script that they shot for Batman sixty six. But at least some of them have have wit and intelligence in the joke writing. Excuse me, sir. It's I a think... writer's room that whatever. Excuse me, sir. You're mistaken. You see. Bring it in. When Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze busts in in that one scene, you probably misheard this. He doesn't say <laughs> nice to meet you. Oh, OK. Oh, I, I think that's where the misunderstanding <laughs> is coming from. He actually says ice. To meet you. You're right. Boom. This is this is the smartest written joke I've ever heard in my life. Nailed it. Boom. There are no bits in Batman and Robin. There's just one-liners. That's the what problem. You, there what are, are you talking bits. About? There are, He's got there the are ongoing con- ice pun bit. Those are just one-liners. They're one-liners. Commando. Commando is convinced you don't need to go back and watch the fucking 66 Adam West Batman because it's not better than it that. It is so much better. <laughs> you know what? Commando is a more intelligently written comedy. If you view it as a comedy, then Batman and Robin is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's now. good. I'm just defending it for having bits right. as opposed to well, no we, bits. We didn't actually get Andrew's take on like what do you think was the uh, like the best uh, film portrayal of Batman? Oh, easily Batman '89, the first Tim Burton one. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, okay. like that's a strong uh, entry. Like honestly, like there there didn't really need to be reinventing the wheel after batman 89 you know you got you got such a great you know setup there you've got the really strong art direction that tim burton brought to it from you know back before he lost his fucking mind became uh (laughs) became a hot topic michael keaton was more or less uh uh, an arguably good both bruce wayne and batman yeah Michael Keaton, like he's just—he just has such a weird kind of energy to him, just like weirdly intense. Like he could kind of go any way at any given moment as sure. Bruce Wayne or Batman. You know, he kills the Joker at the end of that movie. That's not something we see oh, Batman God, normally yeah, do. That's right. No, it's God, it, that was—it was a wonderful movie. I genuinely adore it to bits. All right, so that's 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 Andrew's number one. What do you mean, Jacob? What's what's your uh, number one Batman? Like 
movie. Do you mean like Batman movie? Yeah. Uh, 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 Batman. Uh, I mean, like he already film s- portrayal. I think. I mean, he okay. Because already... the Batman. Oh, sorry, the Batman sixty six movie is not great. If I'm being honest, the show is a lot better than the movie. Uh, and if if I can just pick the show in in totality, I would do that. Yeah. But if I'm going to pick the best uh, the best Batman movie. It might be Batman Returns, which is better than Batman 89. Uh, yeah. Wait, is that because of the Batman, or is it because of... Uh, it's because they fixed uh, the Danny suit. Video. They fixed the suit. The suit is so terrible in Batman 89. It's it's covered in dust. <laughs> uh, it's It's got, like, the terrible symbol. If you notice, the symbol is not the same on the poster as it is on the suit. The suit uh, symbol has these two little bat feet. At the bottom point, it's awful. <laughs> look at it. It, it. You can't not notice it. It's what you look at every single time Batman's on screen. You're like, why did they do this to the suit symbol? And then they fix These it. are mostly superficial reasons. But... And then they fix yeah, it. So, so, so I could cheat for mine and say that um, my favorite Batman portrayal is from uh, Under the Red Hood. But that's uh-huh. that's animated Batman. That's um, fine. Count. The 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 Bruce Greenwood performance. It. It's it? really, really good. Yeah. Fair. Uh, but, it, and that one, no, no, I think it's the uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns where um, Bender from Futurama plays the Joker. What uh, the fuck? Yeah, uh, <laughs> jo- John John DiMaggio okay. plays, plays the Joker in, uh, and he, he's really good. I mean, it's like, yeah. really dark That's sort a of Joker. Yeah, definitely a choice. Uh, but no, I think uh, I think on film the best one was probably uh, Batman Forever, with okay. uh, probably the last good movie that Val Kilmer was ever involved with. That's was, not true. Was that after that's not he- true at all? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came out like a full seven years later. Yeah, and like forty pounds for Val Kilmer. I'm yeah, just saying. but I know that was that. To be fair, like there was a lot of shit between. Batman Forever and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and anyway, there wasn't anything good after Kiss Kiss Bang. Val Val Kilmer played a fucking great Batman in okay. Batman Forever, and it dove into uh, like Batman's uh, psyche a lot, a lot oh, yeah? more than any of these other things have done. God, I just I just uh, remembered Batman Forever. That one that's got Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face <laughs> and right. Jim Carrey as the Riddler, right? Yep. Right. God damn! I thought about that. That's the first time I've thought about that in probably fifteen <laughs> years. Man, that's a the, the reason that a very the reason that Tommy cast. Lee Jones fucking hated Jim Carrey was <laughs> yeah, because of that right. movie. That's right. That's where that I can't sanction your buffoonery comes from, right? Yep. <laughs> oh man, Dude, which that's... is not fair of him to say because he plays it bigger than Jim Carrey does in that. Like, yeah, he he's playing every line bigger than Jim Carrey somehow. I don't yep. know what God. his like. What his hang up is? I am... Yeah, and his uh, his like uh, like like uh, sugar and spice girls were fucking. Oh God, who were they? It was like uh, it was two models, wasn't it? Or was it, it was it? No, no, it was like two two women who have, um, uh, like gone on to. Oh my God, I gotta I gotta fucking look this up. I am so curious to rewatch Batman Forever now. That is oh, that's such an interesting cast to have. In you a know, movie. it's uh. What's really weird about that is uh, in Batman Forever, obviously, Harvey Dent changes from black to white because he was Billy Dee Williams in the first movie, right? Harvey Dent was, shows up in Batman 89. 
Oh, it, what, is it supposed to be uh, continuity between those movies? Uh, yeah, sort of. But uh, the reason that that happened was that in Batman Returns, they were going to bring back Billy D. Williams to play Two-Face. And the character played by Christopher Walken in Batman Returns was going to be Harvey Dent and not the like random character that they created for that. But they decided they could not have Two-Face be black. That's the reason. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wait, so... Christopher Walken was going to be Harvey Dent. It was going to be Harvey Dent played by Billy D. Williams. It was obviously going to be slightly different, like script. Wait, but... what, so what was Chris Walken going to do in this scenario? <sighs> I I I don't know. I haven't read the original draft. No, no. I mean, sorry. The character played by Christopher Walken's in Batman Returns was originally in the script was Harvey Dent. They changed oh, okay. the character oh, to a okay. different yeah, character okay, yeah. after. I understand now. After they couldn't, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Sugar and Spice uh, in Batman Forever were played by um, Debbie Mazar and Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. And sorry, yep. who are who are those? Those are like you don't know Drew Barrymore. Barrymore? No, I, I, I don't I'm, not, know who I'm not sure who, I'm not sure who Sugar Debbie Mazar is, but Drew Barrymore. I was... know who Drew Barrymore is. I meant Sugar and Spice. That's like there was, Two Faces, uh, oh, yeah. Harem, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Two Face had like his uh his like angel girl and his demon girl. Okay, they they, they couldn't cross over the line in the middle of the room. They had to stand in half of it. God, I need to rewatch <laughs> right. this fucking movie. I need to rewatch that, and I need to rewatch the Matrix sequels. Are oh. have been on my mind. Well, yeah, they're uh, they're they're remaking the Matrix. Right? I am okay. So <laughs> that it might be a sequel. Okay, so this new Matrix movie that they're making, I'm not saying that it will be a good movie. I am saying, though, that it has the potential to maybe be the best movie. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% serious. You know, Keanu Reeves post-John Wick and Wachowski post-Speed Racer, like that's potentially a really powerful combination. I'm not saying that it is going to come together magically the way that it could, but there's there's potential there. I'm Look, genuinely very excited for it. I'm okay with it. They haven't made a bad thing since the Matrix sequels. Uh, that's my controversial uh, pro-Jupiter Ascending take there. Uh, not enough time to get into that. But I like most Wachowski things. I mean, only one of them is <laughs> doing this. God. Um, Speed Racer? Speed Racer is miraculously good like um i think it's i think it's uh shanti collins who said this that um speed racer came out around the same time that the either the uh, nolan batmans or the marvel movies were getting started up and speed racer like represents what could have been you know the course that this kind of movie could have taken. And it's a real shame that we didn't get more movies like that. Cause I mean, it is a just astoundingly good movie. I, I love it to bits. It's really good. I, I I've never actually seen it. Yeah. Uh, that's my, uh, good thing that you were talking about before is, uh, that's speed it. racer. Yeah, the, that's, our, that's, that's the fucking high note. Yeah. That's the high note. That's the high note. Speed racer 2008 so, directed by the Wachowskis. Go watch it. Well, I, don't think, I don't think we can do any better than that for a high note. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us for this emergency episode of liquid flannel. Um, let's all, not 
fail to dunk on Ken Klopenstein. Yeah, I was about to say thank you, Matt, and thank you, Ken, for fucking up and allowing me yep, to make my just podcast completely debut. Fucked up. Just un- unbelievable fucking fucked up. <laughs> I love you, Ken. <laughs> thank you, Ken. Um, yeah, uh, which which one of you wants to start off? Andrew, where can everybody find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at you won't be laughing. L A F F I N. I am nowhere else. Please do not try to find me elsewhere. But you you, you will be laughing. However, he's he's a very good follow. I and I will Jacob, be I will be you? laughing once I see Joker in theaters October fourth. <laughs> <laughs> and Jacob, what about you? I'm on Twitter at Jacob R F O R S T E R. It's Forster. A lot of people spell the last name wrong. It's very important. F O R S T E R. Exactly how it sounds. <laughs> Don't throw an extra e in there. Don't mess it up. <laughs> well, you You're gonna want to follow a- instantly. Okay. You two are, are a couple of stags for uh, jumping in on this this emergency episode. Of course, I'm Matthew Hodges. I'm on Twitter at Matt the Great with the W, and you follow the show at Liquid underscore Flannel. Um, everybody, also please make fun of Brendan for not responding to my Slack messages uh, and missing out on this uh, this this episode that we did. So uh, yeah, thanks guys. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cheers. All right, thanks.